Hello, everybody. Welcome to another uh, episode of Stories We Could Tell. Sorry for the long delay. Um, we've been uh, really busy lately down in the Keys. Um, we got Back to the Island going strong. So if you uh, if you support backtotheisland.org, thank you very much for everything you do. I'm very excited because uh, the next guest I have on is actually playing at the uh, Back to the Island's first event here in Key West in November. So uh, Keith Sykes. Keith, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How about you? Good. I uh, first is off. I, I'm jealous of your T-shirt you're rocking right now, man. No one can see it, but maybe the Jerry Jeff Walker T-shirt. Yeah, I got that. Got that Saturday. Yeah. How was it? It was really wonderful, man. Yeah. It was just really, really good. So, so many old friends, and and the audience was really nice. And and uh, Susan Walker. So, as she put it, 1,000 tickets, not 1,001, not 999, but 1,000, just to keep it for the fans who were there so it wasn't like a big jammed up cluster, yeah. you know. And so everyone was just in a really good mood, it seemed to me like, and um, the, everybody played well. and It was just a wonderful remembrance of Jerry Jeff honoring him and uh, really, really a, really a good thing. Yeah, I thought it was amazing. When I saw the photos and some of the uh... – the videos that people had sent me, I, I was kind of shocked. I didn't know there was only a thousand tickets. So it, it looked so intimate, which was really neat to me uh, because you're right. If you would have put a hundred thousand, they would have sold out. It probably would have done really whatever they wanted it to do right there in the heart of Jerry Jeff land. And uh, there's so many fans that in it over so many decades. And uh, anyway, it, it worked out really well. Yeah. Um, just how, how did you meet Jerry Jeff? Well, I was on the uh, Holiday Inn circuit playing lounges, and I was up in Buffalo, New York for the summer of 68, and I uh, finished up my time there, and I went to New York City to audition for this thing called the College Coffee House Circuit, and uh, I got on that, and uh, people who have that had that thing, or I guess, I don't know who has it now, but. Uh, asked me to come up town to their uh, offices and uh, and meet meet everybody and and I was up there and they were uh, my mind was blown at the point after after we got home I was just you know like, oh god I'm now I'm, I'm now <laughs> so I get to play for colleges rather than <laughs> businessmen on break at, at the Holiday Inns at night so anyway uh, I don't remember what all they asked me but they they till they asked me who you been listening to. And that summer, I'd heard this song on the jukebox, and, and I'd heard it a couple of times, and I finally went over during the daytime and found out what it was, and it was Mr. Bojangles by Jerry Jeff Walker. So I was in New York City, and they wanted to know what I'd been listening to, and that was my new favorite song. So I just told them, I, was, I said, well, I like this uh, Jerry Jeff Walker song. I mean, I like Mr. Bojangles by Jerry Jeff Walker. And uh, at that point, uh, Brian Sennett was his name. I didn't know it. I just met him. You know, mm-hmm. half hour before, he leaned over and whispered something to his secretary, and she left. And we talked for another thirty minutes or so, and and walks this tall, good-looking guy, you know. And Brian gets up and introduces me to Jerry Jeff Walker. <laughs> so my mind was double blown. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what all Jerry Jeff said. I'm sure it was something like, "Hey, what are y'all doing? How's it going? How, you know, everything going well? Not stuff like that." And anyway. The meeting came to a conclusion, and we left. I left with Jerry Jeff and a few other people. We went to a bar and had a couple of drinks, and 
Anyway, wound up at Jerry Jeff's house, I think. I don't even know, man. I just know yeah. that I went back to Memphis and collected my stuff and hitchhiked up to uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, to meet up with him and David Bromberg to go back up to New York and settle in and start my time in New York City. And uh, But we became friends right then, and we just stayed friends up till the day he passed away, man. And uh, uh, we were just... We were just good, but good friends. Yeah, all those years, and I, I knew his family well, and we did a lot of things together over the time, and yeah, just a wonderful, wonderful thing. I, I even watch, I watch his interviews all the time still, and he was so ahead of his time the way he thought about music and how it should be. Uh, you know, I watch. You know, he he says it should be free. All this stuff he was always saying. Uh, kind of amazing human being back then. I mean, just the the way he thought about all that. You know. Um, Everything I've ever watched, he just wanted to hang out in Belize and uh, Texas and uh, <laughs> play his music, you know, have a good time. So seemed like a, an amazing human being to me. So, Well, he was an amazing person for sure. Yeah, which uh, we'll miss him. Uh, but thank you so much for just telling that story. That's really amazing. So um, thanks so much for coming down and playing in November, man. I didn't even know that it had been worked out, so that's good. Yeah, we, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, me and your lovely agent worked that out last week. <laughs> good deal. All right. Yep. So, uh, so, but thank you. Um, you know, we, we, we support the manatees and the uh, singing for change and everything that Jimmy's touched kind of in his life a little bit down here. So um, I, I appreciate you coming down for that. Well, it's my pleasure. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some people I, we were talking, I was talking to Dream, and she said, Bob Lieberman's coming. I hear you. So, That'll be fun. It, we, we haven't seen the, I, the last time I remember seeing him. It was in Key West in the eighties when he was living in the New Town, and, uh, and that's the last time I've seen him. And, and wow. we a little bit on Facebook, you know. Yeah, he he's a fun guy. I talk to him about once a week lately. So, <laughs> but we're bringing him down and Von Cochran and uh, oh, excellent man. Yeah, Stephen Taylor's son. I mean, uh, Stephen Taylor Fingers Taylor's son's coming down to play. Great. So he's a great blues player. So is he? Is he uh, met his last wife? His son from his. his um, I'm not. I'm not really too sure. I. I um, I don't. I don't. I don't know. They had I, several kids. I imagine that's who it was. Yeah. I can't remember her name? She. Uh, she was a good girl. I, I just didn't really get to know her very much. Yeah. She was but, from uh, in Michigan or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I think that might be it then. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I'm very excited for all these guys kind of get back together after all these years down here in Key West will be a good time. Yeah, man. So I, I have to, I, I watched a video clip tonight of you on Austin City Limits, 1983. 1980. 80? Okay. So YouTube's wrong, but I was watching it. So it was amazing. <laughs> so what a crew that they had on that stage then. I know that. Well, every week, every every time they do that show, it's an amazing thing. Yeah. I, I've been a fan since 1975. The first, Dreen and I were talking about that the other night. Like the first time we saw it, was was kind of like Nipper or heads are tilting over, going, "Is this really happening on yeah. TV?" Because it was so. You talking about being forward thinking? They they were just they just blew everyone out of the water. Oh, it, some of the recordings they had were uh, uh, they're my favorite to watch. I mean, I've I watched the Steve Goodman. Uh, his first time on there, I don't know how many times. Uh, I think it's one of the greatest hours of music history, in my opinion. But uh, I, I just love. I, I wish they would kind of bring that back a little more. 
I feel yeah. like there's a lot more bands on there than there. It used to be you could get a you know four or five acoustic guitars and sit around and chat on there. Send them a letter, man, saying, listen, we want you to uh, do a show, a weekly show of nothing but the musical guest. Yeah. And, uh, and that might that might spark them to uh, to do that because there's been some outrageously fantastic moments on that show of the, just the musical guests. Not even I mean I know it's a comedy show and that's their focus, but still they, the music has been terrific. Oh, it was amazing! But I, I watched you know the 1980 uh, you and Prine, you know Clark. I mean, it, what a stage to be honest. I mean, that's amazing. And uh, how how did you get involved with that? that show that time uh, I was probably was something to do with the label or something you know yeah uh, promoting me at that time and uh, we played in Bo- I'm just remember we played in we're playing in Boston and, and the girl that books at that time booked the musical guest or checked out the musical guest or something the, the new ones not Aretha Franklin was on that night I'm sure no one had to check her out yeah but uh, <laughs> she came down and her name was Liz Welch I think and uh, evidently she liked what she heard. And she, so we, we, that was in probably October and, or something, you know, first of November. And we were on there in the first of December. So wow. Pretty quickly. Uh, how many times did you appear on uh, just, Austin City? Just at one time. Really? My only, uh, my only foray into that show. Yeah. But I sure loved it. No, it, it was it was really fun to watch tonight, and uh, I, I, yeah, maybe maybe we'll work on that, getting uh, that kind of setup back for them. That could be get a get a get, a, get an email that people sign, and where you get about hundred thousand people on there. And they go, oh, I know. Maybe we should do that. You know, we just reopened the chart room here in Key West, and uh, we had a petition going around for that because they had closed it for quite a while. So really, at the pier house, it was closed. yeah, they closed it. And- Wonder why that was. Well, you know, the, the rumor had been in Key West that they've wanted to close that for a long time. So, I think, yeah, and uh, it hadn't opened since COVID had hit, and uh, it was the last bar. Still isn't open right now. Oh, but, COVID, you mean closed from COVID? Yeah, but it was, you know, we've been open down here for quite a while, um, okay. but they would not open that bar. So we went around. I started a petition here in town, and we got a thousand people to sign it. And I sent them email after email, and we got word this week that they're cleaning it for reopen. So I don't know if we had anything to do with it, but I'm very happy that it's reopening. So there you go. Well, so good. I need a new project. So maybe uh, Austin City Limits will be my next project. There you go. Yeah. So let's talk to you a little bit about uh, uh, writing with John Cunningham, actually. Okay. A really good friend of mine. I see him uh, about four times a week down here in the Keys. And uh, he, he showed me some of the, of the song you guys wrote together. Uh, is it about Lay Select? I do believe. Yeah. So uh, how, how did that come together? Well, he's just sent, he just sends me lyrics sometimes and asks me if I, you know, asks me if I'll do something. <clears throat> and if I'm able, I do. Uh, I wish uh, we could write it, write it write a song proper i've discovered i'm just i just don't feel as good working over the box as i do sitting around working with someone yeah i don't get the feedback the instant feedback that you need to have that a response to have a a real physical i mean songwriting is real and and it needs to be done when you're with somebody if you're going to co-write i haven't co-written much in the last 10 or 15 years and uh, 
but you know, John is is one of the few. Just because he's just such a good guy, and so supportive, of, so supportive of all the different musicians and people in in the trop rock landscape. You know, it's hard to say no to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I drink I with him a lot. Through, yeah. <laughs> I met him through Matt Hoggett. Okay. And uh, I produced a record on Matt, and he came in for the sessions at one point, and that's how I met him. Just such a great guy, you know. Well, maybe in Key West we could do a songwriting session, you know, sit around and just mess around for a night. That would be fun. Yeah. If we have a night to do something. Oh, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, I think uh, we're going to take care of you guys for a little while while you're down here. And uh, it'd be fun. Maybe just have a have a cocktail, sit around. We'll make we'll do it at John's pool. So we'll just invite ourselves over to John's. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey, John. <laughs> yeah. By the way, we're coming over. So we're moving in. Yep. Uh, and uh, we'll bring Roger Bartlett, hang out, you know. But, well, uh, don't have one of those songs where there's 14 writers. No. Written by, and you have to go for like, let me get out who wrote this song. That's right. Yeah. In it, alphabetical it, order so we don't piss anyone off. Yeah, <laughs> it's alphabetical order. You know, I thought about doing it on the concert poster. That's funny you say that. So. But uh, that's great. John's a great friend of mine. Uh, I love everything he does. I'm, you know, a big fan of his. Um, and when he was telling me the story, I, I thought it was really cool, man. Um, you, you've kind of written with a lot of people over your life. I mean, of course. You know, I've written a little here and there with people. I really never was exposed to real professional co-writing until Rodney and I got together in probably about 82 or 84, 84 probably up in New York City. He had a few days off from working on a Roseanne Cash album. And I and, uh I went up and we just hung out for about three or four days and, and wrote uh, wrote some songs. And uh, it was just a really good, I mean, I could, he just sat there and concentrated. And I was just used to throwing something out and somebody going with it. And you, you just, you, before you know it, you got a song cobbled together of all your different ideas. Rodney doesn't write that way. He just, you know, you throw out a line and he just kind of goes, well you know maybe let's just almost you know (laughs) well i'm not used to that but working with him gave me that insight on to really sit down and figure us figure the puzzle out a little bit more than what i was used to jimmy and i wrote volcano in 15 minutes probably really Uh, oh yeah that was just boom 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 it just went like that because he you throw something out to him you better have your catcher's mitt on because (laughs) he's going to be firing right back at you fastballs and uh and it was fun i mean it was great fun to do that and that's the kind of thing i was used to i didn't know that rodney and i were going to put like this okay <laughs> architecturally speaking here oh wow and uh, but you know it gave me a, a whole new insight on co-writing and uh john prine and i wrote more of the way that jimmy and i wrote because uh it was about it was 86 for sure when we wrote our first song together and we'd been hanging out since 1970, having such a good time doing it. We never, never thought about writing a song. We looked at each other, and I just matter of fact, on the trip back from Key West, I was sitting in this house. It's about one in the morning, and you know, we should write a song. Okay, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I, I said, I've had this idea for ten years, and I can't get past it. I got a chorus and I got a verse, and that's all I've gotten. Every time I've tried to write something on it, it just never pleased me like this chorus and this verse did. 
So I think the course is set. And here's my verse. And and he just I mean, he liked it. And man, in five minutes he wrote two more verses that were just perfect. I mean, and it just went it just went boom. It just it just poured out of him. And I thought, I like writing with John. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think Brian Buffett. You know. Uh, We'll put Cunningham in there, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, it's some good people to be writing songs with, though. Just old buddies, man. And uh, we came up at uh, kind of the same time. Jerry Jeff, of course, was way ahead of me and everybody else. Jimmy was talking about when he first met uh, Jerry Jeff this weekend and, uh, and and how they got together, you know, and I knew I knew how they got together because Jimmy was a reporter for Billboard and interviewed him, and then they just took the interview <laughs> over to Jimmy's house. Yeah, <laughs> and it kept on going from there, and uh, it's really neat, really neat story to hear him tell it, especially. Yeah, you know, it's living down here in Key West. It's uh, kind of the start is a lot of Key West history in those two guys. You oh, know. Yeah. You know, Jimmy meant a lot to the island. It still does, in my opinion. Uh, everything he's done for down here is huge. I mean, um, as a kid, I wouldn't even know about Key West probably if it wasn't for Buffett, you know, until I got a little older and started reading Hemingway and stuff like that. But um, done a lot for the city. And uh, trying to keep all that alive and just keep it going down here is a big reason I do this. And a lot of the things that uh, I talked to you about with Back to the Island is just trying to keep a, a lot of memories alive, you know. Sure, well. Uh, the un- younger generation seem to forgot, you know. Just make new memories. That's all you do. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, but you, you don't want to lose the the past. So uh, especially with the music and everything like that, you know. Of course. So you wrote "Volcano" in 15 minutes. It becomes one of the biggest Buffett songs of all time. Uh, and well, you know, uh, it's just. We went to the volcano and saw that thing. And I'd been the day before with Andy McMahon, and I went up there to see it. And I came back telling Jimmy about it. He says, well, we're going tomorrow. So we went back up there and uh, just had a ball up there, just going, this is unreal. We yeah. are here. And sitting, walking along, walking on the top of a volcano. Uh, yeah. We went back to the, to the studio and just sat down, and I said, I don't know. I remember also saying, let's, let's write it in F because I'd been to see these guys play at this little bitty cinder block bar down there. It's just maybe 20 feet by 20 feet. And uh, and they, I said, they play everything in F. And uh, so it's okay. We, so we wrote it in F for no other reason. I said, yeah. <laughs> play everything in F. <laughs> so, and then I had that I don't know line. And I don't know. And Jimmy said, I don't know where I'm going to go when the volcano blows. And we just started. I said, ground is moving under me. And he said, tidal wave out on me. <laughs> just fell out just, just that fast. And, that natural. That natural, yeah. Just, just, just laid it all out. It's funny. I heard an interview with Peter Mayer recently on another podcast, uh, Under 40 Victims of Fate, and they asked him if you could uh, wrote one Buffett song that you didn't write, what would it be? And he says, it's actually volcano. <laughs> so he oh, said, wow. there's something about that song, man, that is so perfect and catchy. So I just want to tell you that was great. Um, 
I had uh, lunch with Peter not too long ago, and uh, just the nicest guy. Nothing but amazing things to say about everybody. And uh, but that conversation came up, so I, th- I thought it was quite funny. So he is a he is a great guitarist and a, a singer and everything, man. Yeah, I just watched him at the uh, Smoking Tuna down here uh, with his son Brendan. They do do a great job. Yeah, oh, they do. Yeah, great show. Um, I'm going to ask you about one more song. Um, and most people always ask you, I'm sure, Costa Marcel is everyone's. I mean, I absolutely love that song. But I want to know about the last line. Oh, the last line? Yeah. I had just been, you know, let's see. I'm trying to think. I wrote that in 76. I guess I wrote it in 77, and uh, I can't remember. I can't remember if Elvis is still alive or not. But I know uh, I wrote that just thinking of, of like, not not so much Elvis, but just when you get to the point where you just need that time away from everything just to recharge your batteries. Yeah. And that's what that was about, just uh, just getting away. And, and Jimmy had cut uh, Coast of Marseille and said, is there anything else on there that that you think I should, you know, do or listen to or something? I said, well, I think the last line came out really nice. And so he recorded that one too. And no one really uh, pays any attention to it, maybe because the ballad was real strong. And, and you know, Jimmy always said, and, he, and he's lived up to it, he says, I, I, don't ever, I don't record anything that people think Jimmy Buffett would sing because I write the best Jimmy Buffett songs. Yeah. And I agree 100%. And, he, you know, he has to write. It's just like John Prine, too. John, was he got into where he would just co-write a lot. I said, John, if you make an, on, the, on the last record, I said, you've got to write three songs by yourself for the tree of forgiveness I was talking about, but or yeah. it's not going to be a real John Prine record, you know? And I mean, it was years, but after, since the, the last one and, and the mission and, and, the, and the tree of forgiveness. And when he came up with the three songs, I said, now, <laughs> that's it. I mean, I wasn't producing on the record or anything like that, but yeah. he was talking. I said, Truly, man, it's it's your stuff that carries everything. All your, all your other stuff is just kind of like, you know, showcasing your real stuff. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, and he did, and, and and Jimmy too. You know, Jimmy has to write a few things by himself just so it, it gets to be a, a a real Jimmy Buffett record. And on the Son of a Son album, he had plenty of great ones he'd written by himself but he had a few spots and man i got to i got to get two of them on that one record so that worked out great for me oh the uh, album's great i mean it, but the, i love the last line you know I, I think it should be played more to be honest but but i can see the ballad's very strong on that uh coast of marseille is really strong on that you know so um that a lot of people that's one of their favorite buffett tunes i mean jimmy doesn't really write a a ballad like that, yeah, is you know, and but he does, but it, it's not just like the, you know, what you would think of as a big ballad. You know? Yeah, um, but so he, that's what made him want to do it to begin with. He called to say he was going to do Costa Marseille, and not. I mean, it was later on when he decided to. I guess he had one more slot, and that song just sort of the last line just sort of fit the bill. Yeah, it, it's great. I, it fits in there perfectly too. Um, 
And then today I was watching uh, the best days video you got. I love that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I love your new stuff you're doing. You're doing the videos. I love that too. I mean, it seems like you're having a blast still. Uh, well, you know, if it gets to where it's too much like work, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd be doing it. Yeah. We're, but I do enjoy, I, I, I still love writing, I guess, the very most because I just love working the puzzle, you know? Yeah. And uh, and then I like recording. Uh, in a perfect world, I could write three months and record three months and two or three months and the other three months just be. Yeah. Collect, you know, ideas. But it's never worked out like that for me. So maybe one one year it will, hopefully. Um, but that's what they say. Insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So of I, course, I, yeah. I don't ever get there, but I'm going to keep trying, even though it's insane. Yeah. That's, so what's it been like for the last year? Kind of, I mean, I, with everything kind of shut down, was that tough? Because I'm sure you're used to touring and everything your whole life, right? Well, you know, the, the last, uh, <clears throat> when I took the job at Ardent Studios, uh, in 2018, I had all, all these gigs booked for the year, you know, and you, I just refused to cancel anything. I did that once, and it just it made the the guy who was putting the show on really pissed at me. And it it just it just sort of just seems like it's just opening yourself up to bad luck or something to go yeah. cancel your gig. So I, I said, listen, I've got these gigs, and uh, they didn't mind if I went and did them. So I did all those gigs, and I missed. A lot of 2018 at Ardent, not a lot, but a you know pretty good bit of it. At least six or seven weeks of it of going out and finishing up my gig. So in in in, uh, in 19, I didn't really do any touring at all. I might I might have done just a gig or two. I can't even remember. But I really concentrated on Ardent because Ardent needed a lot of attention when I got there, and then so we uh, uh, so, and then 20 came along and no one could tour. And so I just, uh, and, and Ardent closed up. And after Ardent closed up, we just all sort of went home at first, trying to figure out what to do. So I, I just had three months or so of just really just going, this is too weird. Yeah. I, got back into, I got into woodworking more. I had some kind of like real beginner tools and stuff. So I just sort of stopped. I bought, me some, I bought a nice table saw and a, a nice uh, miter saw. So I could do better work, and I got into making some wood things, and got really into it, and discovered I really enjoy that a lot. And so I passed the time with that. Then everybody started doing those Facebook things where you sing live for an hour. Yeah. And I did a few of those, and got really into it, and never could get the sound or the quality that I was looking for. So I just gave up on that. Yeah. And uh, but really, and then and then I started getting back into. Uh, the studio when it was just me on a project i had a couple of projects i needed to finish up so i did that with people that i that, I, that you know i said let's just be honest if you've been if you've been around and you, you think you may be infected or something all you have to do is say so and we're calling everything off. yeah and everyone was very upfront. and uh, you know the musicians god i gave uh, at least i had some work for the musicians sometimes because man they got hit extremely hard yep. if it wasn't for that money that the government gave them i don't know what they would have done and oh, of course yeah happy, you know. that's nowhere to go yeah yeah so uh, i got a few things done connor james record uh, which i bet this is the second single just came out last friday 
And I'm working them with a, a duo called uh, a Queen's Bluff, and their song came out in um, in uh, March. So I've got those projects, and they were both finished up in 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 uh, 2020. Just catch as catch can, you know. Yeah. But those records are out. So I've had I had that stuff, and I had some things to keep me kind of grounded, and and I had my woodworking to kind of keep them going insane. I don't write really well unless I can just get off and just write. So I'm looking forward to uh, this coming year going back down to Port Aransas and getting my month of writing in. Yeah. And uh, so, but that's how I kept my sanity. That's good. And, and it's just if things are just now going to open up, I think our, we have a actual session coming in tomorrow. Well, it's a mixing session, so it's just the engineer. Possibly the artist may come by. I don't know. And uh, and it's, but that'll be the first thing we've really had. We booked outside since the since the, as my wife calls it the pandam. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so you, are you excited to get back on the road to do a little touring again? Well, I'm not. Don't have any plans to do that because I've still got the thing at Ardent. You know, that's a that's a five day a week. Oh yeah. Deal to to run Ardent. And four studios and all yeah. this uh, you know, combined BS that goes along with that is is the roof leaking or whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, we've got the roof fixed, but, the, but there's always something that already needs your attention. Yeah. And I would like to just, uh, you know, not work at Ardent, but it's been, um, if I hadn't had Ardent during the pandemic, I don't know what I'd have done. Really. Yeah. No, I understand that. But, well, heck, I mean, well, thanks for coming down here and playing. I can't wait for that, man. Yeah, well, like I, I want to do a few things. Like I said, I really want to take my uh, my January. I've got two weeks in January and two weeks in February where I normally just go down there and, and get four weeks of writing done. I don't know if it, how it will actually fall, but a month in the first of the year Yeah, to get that. And that'll be really great to have some new songs. That's great, and man. I've ardent to, uh, and I, I've got my record company, so I don't know if I'll be doing much touring. I probably won't. But it would be fun to do some after all this time. Because yeah. I'm rusty. Huh? I, when, when I quit, I was really happening. I mean, I could go do my little solo show and be very confident. And uh, now I'm just back to square one again, I guess. You're not really selling me on the concert, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not worried about your one-off, man. I, yeah. I can go put together some songs and do 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 well enough it's just when you go out and carry two hours or something no i understand that so well man i'll be uh you're in tennessee aren't you you're in nashville i am in memphis memphis tennessee that's right yeah well i'll be up there in tennessee for the uh i think i'm coming up for the one of the buffett shows at least so i'll have to he's doing three in a row in nashville yeah see that yeah i don't who knows why but that's awesome you know (laughs) we were talking he talks like this this is well, I'm just doing these 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 three little shows, but you know, we had to do three of them because it only holds like 5,500, and I'm thinking only 55. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and 10,000 people were outside. I heard waiting to get in or trying to get in, whatever it was. In but, my year, I played to 5,500 people for the whole damn year long. Oh man! Well, we're gonna pack them in here for you for two days, so that'll be great. Yeah. But uh, yeah. sorry about that. No that's, problem. My uh, sheets are dry, and uh, I got to go and put them on my bed. No problem. Well, that's it, anyways, man. So uh, I just want to thank you for uh, everything you you know since you and I have talked. I, th- I want to thank John Cunningham for putting you and I in touch too, man. Um, and uh, I look forward to hanging out with you down here in the Keys. Very good. Me too, man. That'll be fun. So, um, Keith, is, if there's anything, like, do you want to give someone like a, a website they can go to if they want to support you? If they want to, uh, you know, do you have it? Yeah. 
I've been very neglectful of my website the last year or two, but KeithSykes.com is there, and uh, and and also ArdentStudios.com. Okay, is uh, is if they want to go find out about Arden. That's a historical studio. It's been going nearly sixty years, and. Uh, uh, over 80 gold and platinum, multi-platinum records cut there. Wow. Uh, an amazing story on, on Arden Studios. So I'm, I'm really fortunate to be there. And the, the, the equipment we have, we've got the, the best of the old and the best of the new. It's really it's really something else. That's but awesome, man. studios our size are kind of dinosaurs, so we're always thinking of like how best to do things. And yeah. things work. <laughs> Well, I hope people go there and support that, man, and look it up. So um, thank you so much for joining me, man. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me, and I'm looking forward to seeing you. You too, man. See you later.